Hello friends, at the beginning of this episode we wanted to let you know of a content warning really quick. This episode features depictions of emotional abuse and also has a scene of someone physically confronting her abuser. We wanted to make you aware of any content that could trigger negative responses for you. If that content doesn't sound like something that you would like to listen to, feel free to skip this episode. Stay safe, friends. You know how bad it is when you go for a high five with someone and you miss completely? I get so red in the face. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk away and act like that never happened. (laughs) Yeah. I'm immediately regretting this social interaction, so I'll see you never. Right. So it, it has worked for me. I don't know if it works for you, but if you look at their elbow you like always land the high five. I've heard that. I've heard that is if you focus on their elbow and not their hand, that that's what's supposed yeah. to happen. But I'm just naturally <laughs> uncoordinated person, apparently. So, or maybe, maybe it's just, I'm here for people's entertainment in general. So, oh yeah. Yeah. You know? I didn't, I miss that hand clap on purpose yeah, to, exactly. to make your day a little brighter. Ta-da. Uh, Call me Curtis Chapman. Nope, that's not his name. That's a Christian music artist. What's was the dude? He had the he had the mustache and the bowler hat. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Thank you. That was yeah. I <laughs> for a second I was like, wait a minute, isn't that what you said? No, I said I said Curtis Chapman. Stephen Curtis Chapman is a Christian artist. Okay, Charlie Chaplin, Curtis Chapman, not the same. Okay. Hello friends, my name is David White, and you are listening to Tales to Inspire. by her past. Separated from her found family in Operation American Defense, Geiger Gwen returns to Seattle to resume the work she had left behind. Can Gwen do good in the world after she's been separated from her heroic compatriots? What dangers will she find lurking in the corners of her shadowy past? As we open up this issue of Tales to Inspire... Uh, we see a little yellow box in a corner that says March 1945, Eugene, Oregon. And we open up on, uh, I think, a familiar street. I think we've seen this street before, actually, in Geiger Gwynn's Issue Zero. Uh, and we see people walking back and forth. It is um, a little changed since we saw it, uh, oh gosh, I think it was three years ago. 
when this happened? Because so this is 1945. Geiger Gwyn's issue zero happened in 1940. Wow, five years ago. Wow. So it has been it's been five years since we have seen this street. Um, so I think style has changed a little bit. Uh, I think wartime austerity uh, has kind of shrank back on some of the, like the overcoats and hats that we saw in Geiger Gwyn's issue zero, but we still see the same type of people walking down the street, carrying newspapers. Uh, it's spring. Um, I don't know if there would be any flowering trees or anything in anywhere, but I'm, I'm talking too much about nothing. <laughs> Who do we see making her way through this crowd of people? Uh, you would see Geiger Gwen um, walking probably at a brisk pace, still wearing her fedora and pants and shirt combo, but she's taking in the sights of everything that's changed as she's walking, and she stops in front of a building that looks a little bit more run down. Uh, there's, you know, flowered pots in front of it, or yeah, pots of flowers in front of it, and the flowers are obviously dead. Like, no one's taken care of them for a while. Mm-hmm. And she t- walks up the steps, and she has to dig in her, po- her pockets for a while to find the keys. And when she goes to open it, she has to shove really hard to push through the pile of mail that's behind the door that's kind of just built up over time. Because um, I don't think she's been in her office since FDR recruited her. I mean, she's been yeah. everywhere else except for there. Um, yeah. So yeah, she has to kind of like struggle to get in the door and she didn't have a lot in there to begin with, but the few minuscule items that are in there are covered in a fine layer of dust. Yeah. And she walks to her desk and on the desk stacked like a foot and a half high are just a whole bunch of manila folders um, overflowing with paperwork and pictures that are paper clipped to them and whatnot and she just kind of nonchalantly flips the first one over yeah, I can probably figure that one out pretty quick. Puts it to the side, flips another one over. He's doing the maid. Sorry, honey. <laughs> puts that one next. And she's just going through the files just randomly. Um, and she goes to sit in the chair behind the desk. Um, but it's covered in dust. So instead, she just kind of like wipes off the desk and sits on top of the desk to do her work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're going through these folders. Is there is there anything particular that you're looking for? Uh, not exactly. She just, um, there's a little thought bubble um, next to her as she's uh, looking through these folders. Just, all right, how do I get back into this now? Need to help them just as much as I need to help the rest of the world. But, gosh, this seems so small in cons- comparison and... Every, every few pages, you see her kind of just take out a picture, hold it, puts it back, and she's like, I, I, it's harder to choose now because you want to mm-hmm. save them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she comes across one folder, 
that has a picture of a woman who looks surprisingly like her, but just a few years younger. And it's describing um, the woman's husband is spending all his money. She doesn't know where um, the money's going. And he's never kind to her when he gets home because he's obviously been drinking. And sometimes he comes home with bruises and she thinks he's been fighting, but she doesn't know why or with who. And the location is very much memorable to Gwen because she used to go there all the time with Tiny. But this is like one of the rare memories that don't cause her pain. So she kind of just stares. There's a panel of her just staring at the page looking at uh, the city name where this woman is located and you see a brief little smirk come across her face it will fade into the the what's it called? The flashback? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, so we turn the page and we see this uh, familiar watercolor style of a flashback. Uh, and uh, you had said that uh, you kind of left it ambiguous where this letter was coming from. Um, so is it is it in Seattle? Is it another city in Oregon? Um, I, I picture it being on the outskirts of Seattle, not necessarily okay. in the heart of the town, but... I mean, you know, like every big city, there's, you know, there's almost like concentric circles leading out of it where there's, you mm-hmm. know, lots of people, minimal people, lots of people, minimal people. And so it's in one of the random circles where, you know, the hole in the wall places hide out. So the people who are locals and know where to find things go there. So she finds this local establishment outside of Seattle and it, it's not located in a bar like setting it's actually like a laundromat <laughs> this is the sign um, and it's not going you don't go through the door but there's like a basement door that you have to go in and okay. there's no there's no one watching it but you have to walk in through and then series of random underground tunnels lead you to this like big open basement that is just being held up by pillars it's almost like an old parking garage okay Um, okay and in the middle of the room is a fighting ring with a bell that you hear dinging ding 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 you got an announcer over the crowd of people that are just yelling and drinking and random people are in there's a there's multiple bars. There's not just one. They're just like little tables with random liquor on them that they're just like pouring in random cups. It's it's like an old school college party, but ran by people with big guns in the corners. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, okay, she walks okay. in with Tiny on her arm and the biggest smile on her face. In all of the old um, panels of her and Tiny, she was never fully smiling, or if she was, it was very fake. This is a genuine smile. Tiny is even smiling. And they are, like, hanging off each other. And 
you just see her go, all right, babe, this is your night. And she kisses him on the cheek. And then he says something along the lines of like, yo, you do you. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she just walks off through the crowd. And the first thing she does is just grand grab someone else's drink. Doesn't matter who's. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now hers. And she goes and parks herself in front of the ring and immediately starts yelling for more blood. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So we, we see these panels of of you entering this place as you have described it. Uh, we see Tiny Tim, like, consorting with some friends, drinking, throwing money, placing bets. And we see you wide-eyed and a huge grin on your face. Is this uh, pre-powers or post-powers? This is pre. This is okay. pre-powers. This is, um... She almost looks... She almost looks years, years younger. Like, yeah. I would almost say straight out of high school. Like, because in my mind, they dated for a while before he became the tiny that was awful to her. And so she looks probably too young to drink, but I don't know if the drinking age back then was eight. It was 18. And, and who would care about drinking age down here? That's, yeah, that's like I don't think it would. I don't think arena. it would matter. She, yeah. Well, and I don't think she would care anyway. She would still do it. Absolutely. So, but I do, I do picture a panel too of her at the ringside, just like laughing and screaming and yelling at the man, like you're doing it wrong. Get him in a chokehold. Yeah. And she looks back, finds Tiny. You know, talking to some random gentleman with guns, and there's even ladies hanging off of him, but she just smiles in his direction. And she's just, mm-hmm. you see, she's actually happy. Like, this is, mm-hmm. she's in her happy place here. Yeah. I, I also like the idea that since this is Geiger Gwyn so young, fresh out of high school even, mm-hmm. I like the idea that like when she comes here, she comes here for entertainment, she comes here to watch, but also like I think she's studying. I think mm-hmm. she's learning how to fight from watching these matches. Exactly. Um, and so yeah, we see this eager young Geiger Gwyn, her eyes. I think we have a close-up panel of her eyes, and we see, like, the two combatants, one in each pupil, squaring up, putting their dukes up uh, in in the black of her uh, pupil. Uh, yeah, we see that, that cool scene, that whole interaction. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, we turn the page, and it is present day as you're arriving to this this laundromat. Um, and it's been, it's been almost a decade since you've been here. The door down like behind the laundromat is a little rusted a little worn out from when you last opened it but you open it you go down the familiar tunnels uh things seem unchanged and you're walking through the the catacombs the maze as it were and then you open up into this huge area. You see the familiar pillars supporting the cement ceiling overhead. This cage still set up. And even though it has almost been a decade, this place seems unchanged. And there is a wonderful familiarity here. And I think just as we saw a smile split young Gwen's face, I think we see a smile split this Gwen's face as well as she opens up into this place. Absolutely. She gets 
a decent sized smile on her face and she just kind of takes a deep breath she's like oh stale beer and sweat gosh I missed this <laughs> and uh, she takes off her big jacket and kind of just throws it at the guy next to her that's like by the door and she's like watch that for me sweetie and you see the same thing happen again she walks through the crowd grabs a random drink out of someone's hand and just said straight for the ring and she finds there's another panel of her like looking around and then you see a close-up of her face looking confused she's and thought bubble why am i looking for tiny Hmm. like it confuses her because that was her first instinct was she's here having a blast he should be here yeah and it's been a while since she thought about him in any way other than this monster that Mm. you know abused her so she stops looking and she looks back at the fight takes a big drink she's like oh you know guess it wasn't all that bad it ended bad and she downs the rest of her drink after that too and you down the rest of that drink and I think the guy next to you next to you like overheard you kind of talking to yourself he says you're telling me I just lost 20 bucks on that mook Get him out of there! And he, like, swigs back another uh, glass, obviously not understanding what you were talking about. I could have told you not to bet on him. Look at his left foot. He's got... He's he's walking on his heel all funny. He's not going to do great. He looks at you. What do you know about this? Hey, this is a man's sport, honey. What are you talking about? She grabs the drink out of his hand, downs it, and then she climbs into the ring. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Geiger Gwen, you are a member, a were a member, I guess, of Operation American Defense. You have uh, gone overseas. You have fought. Um, do people know you? Like, would you showing up to the space, like, be like, oh, it's Geiger Gwen, the wartime hero, or like, I, I don't know how how public is like your adventures with Operation American Defense. She's never been shy about showing her face, so I know people know of her, but Mm -hmm. just like everywhere, you know, there's always going to be, it's going to be kind of like a small ripple effect, you know, there's going to be random people being like, oh my god, that's Guy Gwen, and some people are like, who? I don't pay attention to the news. Who reads that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, the so I can picture a small spattering of people like hushing, and I'm like, oh my god, look, it's it's Kyra Gwen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a panel of her just walking straight up to the ref. And she's tying her hair back as she goes. She's like, ask anybody who wants to challenge me. No powers. Fists only. We'll see what happens. And yeah, they're like still mopping up the blood from the last match. And he turns around and he... Uh, I think he, I think he recognizes you. Uh, did Gwen fight in this arena before when she was younger, or, or I don't what? think so. I think she was known just for being there with Tiny, but okay. she was an avid fan. Tiny never would have let her get in the ring. Ooh, okay. okay. You know, they they had good times, but he still was the controlling boyfriend, even though if she didn't yes. realize it at the time, you know. Yes, yes, at life. 
how how indecent how um how emasculating to have your your woman be this powerful figure oh can't you control your woman oh yeah his girl's not gonna be in the ring getting all bloody that's not happening yeah well geiger gwyn is not his girl anymore she is her own woman uh and and i think this ref has recognized you you were regular here you were always at the front you were always yelling always getting so involved with the matches and i think he he smiles finally getting in the ring all right let's see what you can do and he yells out to the crowd this woman will take any challengers that want to approach her. Who will take it? I think you hear some chuckles and laughs. <laughs> and one of them shouts out, what sh- What's she doing in the ring? Shouldn't she be marked as fragile? And there's like, ha 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 ha. Only thing fragile is your ego. Get in here and let's test that theory. <laughs> and they all, ooh, all around him. His face flushes red. I, I ain't gonna take no lip from abroad. And he gets up and walks up and goes through the gate. And he is, uh, he's like undoing his suspenders and like letting them fla- fall around his waist. He's like rolling up his sleeves. What, what is Geiger Gwyn doing? Um, as he's doing that and walking up, she walks over to her corner um, or, you know, where she would be the one getting ready and she is eyeing the room up seeing if she sees anybody that she recognizes first but um she's also kind of unbuttoning the bottom of her shirt and tying it up Uh so it's out of her way so obviously that's a little bit risque in the sense like women don't show things and she doesn't care she just yep. ties it up so it's out of her way so she's not swinging and getting caught in the own, in the fabric of her shirt. Yeah. And so there's a few rumbles from people like, oh my God, did you see that? What? Sure. Now sure. we like dinner and a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's like a wolf whistle coming out of one, yeah. one group of people. Um, so she's just looking around the crowd, just kind of like smiling, winking at random people just because... Mm-hmm. And as she finally ties her shirt up, she spins around and just eyeballs up and down the guy that climbed into the ring. Yeah, he uh, he's, he's a typical man, not too tall, a uh, little flabby. Um, he has a uh, I hate calling them wife beaters. He has an A shirt on underneath his button up shirt. Uh, and He's just putting up his dukes and says, I never hit a lady before, but the way you talk, you ain't no lady. Damn right. <laughs> and then uh, the the referee or the officiant, uh, referee sounds too official for this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's turning around. All right, place your bets. Place your bets. You see people running forward, placing their bets with the bookies. Uh, and then he, the referee, looks at you. Are you ready? Always. And he looks at the your opponent. You ready? Just keep my seat warm. This fight's not going to take long. And then the referee claps his hands together. And Christy, this man's a chump and you're going to take him out. Please tell us, how do you absolutely devastate this person? <laughs> uh, well, you see a panel of him 
doing like the rushing forward fist pulled all the way back and he's just going for the haymaker like right out of the gate just like one hit he just wants to finish it she hasn't moved there's a panel of her just watching him come she's just like really relaxed just Mm -hmm. standing there and the second he gets close to her she kind of sidesteps it and just kind of palms his hand out of the way and he continues to move forward with his momentum Mm. and so she just knees him in the gut and as he bends forward to catch his breath she's like oh yeah you're right it's not gonna take that long and then she just knocks him right out with the punch to the temple beautiful we have this huge panel of like your fist coming from one side of the panel to the other just colliding with his face we see like some spit and a tooth flying out a huge pow on a monopoeia behind his head and he just falls to the ground out of it you see another panel of her just walking up to the officiant and whispering in his ears she's like well to be honest it probably could have let it go on a little bit longer but he was also really drunk so knocking him out was super And you see, you see very few people. I think the people that like knew who you were voted or not voted, uh, bet on you. And so like they are happily raking in the piles of cash that they got from this bet. Everybody else is so confused. How? What? Who is this? Um, what Geiger Gwyn, what are you doing? Um, I just hop back out of the ring uh, I still have my shirt tied up, but I phase out of the ring again, and I'm, mm. I kind of just wink at people as I walk by. I grab another drink, um, and I head towards a table that I used to sit at all the time with Tiny, mm-hmm. and just I want to see who's there, and if there's no one there, um, then I'm just going to take a seat for a little bit and reminisce. Yeah, I think you you sit down here uh, and you're sipping your drink. A new fight is going on behind the chain link. Um, And uh, as you're you're drinking here and sitting, I think, do we have another flashback to a time when you and Tiny Tim were here in this booth or in this seat? Yeah, there could be, um, there's another flashback of her sitting and he's got his arm around her and they're just like, giggling like two teenage kids you know they're having the time of their lives and that's when out of nowhere you see a panel of him kind of like grabbing the drink out of her hand in the flashback and being like all right now you've had enough and she's still laughing and she's like oh stop it you know better like don't be telling me what to do and that's when like a switch is flipped Mm. And to save face in front of his friends, he kind of just goes off on her. Like, you don't speak to me that way in front of these people. And that was Mm. probably one of the very first times he's ever treated her that way. So this place has really good um, memories, but it's a mixed bag in the sense that, like, this is one of the places that they were the happiest, but this is also the place where everything changed. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then the next panel leaves those watercolors behind, and you're back in the present day. Um, After having that flashback, uh, what are you doing? 
I'm just sitting at the table, drinking my drink slowly, just kind of watching everybody around me. If people come up and try to talk, I kind of just, you know, politely nod them off, you know, like I just want some time to myself. Um, and I pull out of my pocket up an old, old picture that I brought with me just for, because I knew I was coming here. And it was a picture of Tiny and Gwen um, all dressed up for a night on the town, you know. Hmm. And uh, you see a panel of her looking at it and then you see a thought bubble and all it says is like, I think it's time to let it go. I think I can let it go. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. And as you're thinking that, there's a new panel. Uh, and you, I think we have a, a word bubble uh, that pops up. And I think the text just says something like, I hope you saved my table for me. Uh, but Geiger, Gwen, your eyes kind of snap open wide because you recognize that voice. Oh, absolutely. She immediately, her neck is immediately turned in the direction of the voice. Yes, and then we see a panel, and we see Tiny Tim uh, walking in, decked out as the son of a criminal boss would be. Uh, and, uh, I mean, this this is kind of shocking, uh, because the last time you saw Tiny Tim was in the Alps, in Europe, right before the building he was in exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here he is, two years later, back in Oregon. Um, but it's also shocking because on his arm is a new woman. This uh, blonde woman, also dressed to the nines, uh, a red dress, kind of draped down, kind of slit down the side, revealing a thigh. Um, and uh, he walks in, flaunting her. He is shaking hands with people he knows. He's joking. Uh, he already has a drink in his hand. And he is walking straight towards where you are sitting. He has not noticed you yet. There's a panel of her looking slightly panicked. And then you see a panel of her phasing out, like camouflaging herself into the shadows. And she backs up into the corner behind the table. She wants to be in the shadows there so she can see what's happening. Okay. Uh then I think we need to have our first roll this, of this episode. Oh, no. Let's roll a sneak around. Okay, and that's that maneuver? That is 2D, yeah, 2D6 plus your maneuver. Oh, no. Oh, okay, oh. so plus two. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I rolled a six, but plus two is an eight. Uh, so on a sneak around with an eight, uh, you must leave something behind or be discovered. You're spotted, but you get the drop on them, or there's something here that you didn't plan for. Uh, which option do you choose? Um, I think that she tries to phase out so quickly that she drops the picture that Ooh. she was holding, and it kind of just lands. Um, I don't know. It, I'll leave it up to you if it lands on the table where it's easily seen, or if it's just like on the floor where he still can see it, but... Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Okay, okay. I think, yeah, it, it drops and we see it like float down to the seat cushion. Uh, and then you like face through. You 
you you do this this thing where you rearrange your molecules to blend into your surroundings. So I think we see Gwen, but you're like the same color as the shadow of the corner that you're in. Exactly. Yep. Um, and so he, uh, Tiny Tim, walks past you without seeing you with this new bow on his arm, and he slides in. He just he sits down. He orders a drink. Yeah, and he starts he starts talking. Uh, and this woman is just kind of sitting there. Uh, and I think I think you kind of feel something for her. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll leave this up to you whether you feel something for her. But I think it reminds you of outings you had with Tiny Tim. Um, you were there with him, but he was not there with you. Um, you were there to be like a, a trophy uh, a status symbol mm-hmm. something for people to look at and envy uh, envy tiny Tim for yep um, because he's having conversations but he is not interacting with her at all what are you doing or thinking um you see Gwen just slowly maneuver her way along the wall so she can see both of their faces and instead of watching Tiny, she's watching the woman's face. And you see a panel of her just staring very intently. Um, and like she hones in on random bruises that she sees like on the mm. woman's neck or on her arm, you know, that wouldn't be noticeable to most people, but Gwen definitely sees it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, because I think those are the same places he hurt you, mm-hmm. and you you know where to look. Um, yeah, so you you notice those things, um, and I think her face, she she like smiles and nods her head whenever like Tiny does turn to her and says, "Hey, you see that? That's called a punch. A punch, sweetheart. It's what men do with their fists." <laughs> he like turns away, but as soon as he's turned away she's like just dead face uh wants to be anywhere but here um gwen is going to maneuver herself again to where only the woman can see her Mm -hmm. and she's gonna phase back in to visibility and she's gonna try to get the woman's attention without saying anything um Mm -hmm. And so you just see kind of like a close-up of her eyes just staring intently at the woman and hoping that she can silently convince, like, are you okay? (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you you make eye contact with this woman and uh, everybody else doesn't notice you, but she she sees you. uh, And she raises her eyebrows because you literally just appear out of nowhere. Um, and she like raises her eyebrow a little shocked um, but she doesn't say anything yeah Geiger Gwen is also putting her finger to her lips you know like shh but Mm -hmm. like eyeballing her like you good? you okay? Um, and then I think (laughs) I'm gonna try to get um, as close as I possibly can without Tiny noticing me. To what? What are you trying to do? I'm trying 
to I'm trying to slip her my card um because okay. I've got cards that I give out to you know the women that I help all the time yeah and I'm hoping that if I give her my card she'll recognize who I am and know that I can help her yeah I think uh like there's like serving trays and other tables like all around you so I think like if you like slipped one out of your pocket and like just kind of flashed it at her and then like very knowingly put it on the table like hey get this Mm -hmm. uh she could definitely get up and go get it okay without you having to get closer to tiny tim yeah and risking that that's that's what she does then she kind of just like she turns around to like the closest table or bar or whatever there is and she kind of just places it next to her slides it away and then just like looks down at another drink and just kind of hangs out and mm-hmm. hopes I mean she's not trying to hide from Tiny because she's not scared of him but she's trying to help the woman so she doesn't want him to notice her right away yeah yeah um, I think she sees that and she kind of gets the gesture uh, and she's interested so she turns to Tiny Tim and says baby I'm gonna go to the restroom real quick he says yeah toots go pat your nose and she gets up, slides out, walks over, her high heels click clicking against the cement. She walks over to you and grabs your car and looks at it. And then I think her eyes go wide as she reads your name. And she says, Is it really you? You're the one they call Geiger Gwyn? So you do know who I am. That makes this easy. Do you, do you need help from me? Unfortunately, I know exactly his type. Oh, from from Tiny? Uh, I mean, he, he ain't the nicest of boys, but he, he buys me nice things. Yeah, and he also tells you you're beautiful and you're the only one for him and all of the things you've ever wanted to hear. And then he gets mad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he takes it all back and sometimes he even hurts you, I bet. Well, yeah, but. No. No buts. Oh. Man is supposed to care about you, not take from you. He gives nothing. Um, and at that point, she looks back at Tiny and. You hear her kind of whisper to the woman. He used to take a lot from me. And one day I decided it was enough. And nobody's ever going to take from me again. You should not let that happen to you. They talk about you all the time. Tim and, and the boss. About what you... She like lowers her voice what you can do. You're still talking about me, huh? Oh, yeah. Flattered. Oh, yeah. You should be, honey. They, they talk all about how, you know, your, your abilities and what you can do, how, how you basically built the empire for them. Is that what they say? But you didn't hear it from me, honey. No, no, not at all. 
Um, I do think that you should take a little bit of walk right now, though. Um, what you mean? I just got here. I know, I know. But for your safety, I think I need you to take a walk. And she very pointedly kind of shoves the woman in the opposite direction. And then Gwen just walks straight over to Tiny and takes the woman's chair and sits down. Yeah. Well, before you get there, yeah, I think uh, he's talking with his buddies uh, and he notices that his, his uh, doll isn't there. And he looks over to where she was sitting and he sees that photograph that fell. Oh, yeah. And he squints and grabs it and lifts it up and then he puts it down and he's like what the hell and he looks at the guys he's talking to was it some kind of joke huh what is this who put this here huh who put this here and he like stands up and he's like jabbing his friends in the chest his friends his accomplices accomplices in the chest like who put this here was it you this ain't funny and you, you walk up as he is accusing everybody of putting this photo here. Um, yeah, Gwen walks up, takes the, gr- the woman's chair, and kind of leans back in it and just props her legs up on the table. And she's like, well, hi, honey buns. Oh, that was me. I must have dropped it. Good times, huh? And he, we see like the panel of like the after image that comic books do, like where he's facing one way. And then we have the lines turning this way as his head just... Whew, swivels around Mm -hmm. Gwen and I think the the expression on his face is shock maybe even terror (laughs) and he says Gwen what the hell are you doing here well honestly I want to say that you look great last time I saw you you were engulfed in flames but you know Honestly, I don't think you ever look that good anymore, so. His face flushes red. Yeah, the last time I saw you, you were prowling around the Alps. What you doing back stateside, doll? Didn't you hear? Killed Hitler, baby. Yeah, we heard. Dad ain't happy about that. The new German government doesn't want to do business with us anymore. Say they're getting rid of all these these Nazi types in their government. And they don't trust us because we used to do business with the Nazis. So Dad ain't too happy about that. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people eventually catch on when they're, you know, doing business with unsavory types. So... Can't say I blame them. So what, you just come back stateside Gwen just to poke holes in me? Come make my night terrible? What you doing here? I mean, to be fair, I was here first. You also missed a hell of a fight, you know, and I took someone down. Every time I used to ask you if I could get in the ring and you told me no, no woman of yours is going to be in the... Guess what? You made a bunch of people some money tonight. Pretty proud of that. Uh... Christy, is it too much if he says, like, uh, you're, you're always mine or something like that? No, that's that's fine. That's exactly what he would he would say something along those lines. So. Yeah. I mean, I know. I just don't want to hurt you because this dude's an awful person. No, 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 no. I, I, I give you free reign because I trust your judgment. Okay. There you go.
uh, he like smiles and like puts one hand on his hip, one hand on the countertop, and like leans in uh, scandalously towards you, and he says, "Gwenny, baby, that's where you're wrong, cause you'll always be my girl." There's a panel of her eyes just going kind of blank and her smile drops and then her face immediately turns to one of like pure rage and you see her kick her feet off the table stand up fast enough to knock the chair over and she leans down to puts her hands on the table and kind of leans into him so they're face to face I was never yours and will never be yours and I'm willing to make that happen right here right now what you say tiny get in the ring with me let's see what happens <laughs> oh damn okay 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 uh and he's he's surrounded by all these men and I think like the chair falling over drew the attention of all these people that previously were not part of this conversation like to this corner and they hear you challenge this tiny Tim, Timothy Tuskman, the son of the Tussler, renowned boxer, to step into the ring with you. And tiny Tim feels these eyes. And he feels the weight of expectation on him. And we see, like, his, his hand is flat on the table, but then, like, balls up to a fist. And he grits his teeth and he says... Fine. One last tussle. Just like old times, right? Oh no, baby. This time I get to hit back. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like sweating. Okay. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 19 of Tales to Inspire. I am your host, David White, and welcome to the mid-roll. I hope that you are all enjoying this episode. Christy is such a wonderful role player, and Geiger Gwyn is such a very fun character, and uh, the fight that she is about to have with Tiny Tim is so, so epic. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this episode does deal with, you know, the very heavy topic of abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Uh, And Geiger Gwyn is a superhero. You know, she is confronting this misogyny and and physical abuse head on uh, in a way that only superheroes can. And as much as I wish we were, uh, we are not superheroes. So I hope that this is cathartic. For some of you that that maybe have dealt with physical or emotional abuse in the past, Um, but also if you are someone who is currently going through abuse, or if uh, you know of someone who is going through abuse, please, uh, I'm going to plug the domestic abuse hotline right now. Uh, just so you can have it, just so you can save it in case you didn't know it. Um, But that uh, hotline number is 
800-799-7233. Again, let me give it to you again. Uh, 800-799-7233. And if you are someone who's going going through abuse, just know that uh, we here love you. We are cheering for you, and we know that there is something better for you out there than what you're experiencing right now. Um, Now, with that out of the way, with that very important PSA out of the way, uh, let's let's get to some show notes and some housekeeping stuff. Uh, So, Season 1 of Tales to Inspire is going to be 28 episodes long. Uh, This isn't like a new revelation. It's, it's always been 28 episodes, like that, that's how many we recorded, um, but I'm editing episodes right now, and I'm currently editing episode 24. Uh, I would like to be further than that, but uh, right now we're not recording any new episodes for Tales to Inspire uh, season 2, because I wanted to finish season 1, and I wanted to be able to focus completely on editing and creating and uh, recording season two all together uh, because you might not know this but we started recording tales to inspire while misconceptions was still like wrapping up so I was still editing episodes and misconceptions whenever we were started recording episodes of tales to inspire and I didn't really want to do that I wanted to give season one its time and then focus completely on season two why am I saying all this? Well, I'm saying all this because editing is a freaking drag, my guy, and gals, and goos. Is goo the the not-gendered guy and gal goo? Guys, gals, and goos. Um, I don't know if y'all like that, but I kind of like it. But anyways, guys, gals, and goos. Uh, it's a freaking drag. Like, I'm not, I'm not creating. I'm not getting any creative support. I'm not, like, role-playing right now and getting that good, good role-playing energy that just makes me so excited for this show. And, of course, I'm excited for this show. We recorded some great content for you. But right now, I'm, like, I'm kind of starved. And, like, I have to force myself to edit. And I have a goal to edit, you know, 30 to 30 minutes to an hour each night. Uh, and, like, it has been such a chore to make myself do that. Just because, like... I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, So I I looked at it and I was like, how many more of these episodes do I have to do? And 28. I'm I'm so close to finishing the editing. And I'm I'm so excited for you all to hear the rest of the story. I just have to have the gumption to sit down and just edit the rest of the episodes like in my uh, isolation and solitude. I think that's what it is. It's like I'm kind of laboring away in the dark and like isolation and solitude. And, like, there's no, there's no community, like, support in that to, like, make me, like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing great. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Why am I telling you all this? Anyways, I hope you enjoy the episode, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, we are a patron-supported show. Uh, and as you know, we have fallen below our $400 a month goal. At $400 a month, we are able to pay our performers, uh, like Christy, like myself, uh, $5 for every hour that we spend recording. Uh, right now, I can still afford to pay our performers, but if I did it consistently, 
each month, for each episode, each recording session we did, we would rapidly deplete our bank account, and we would eventually not have enough money to pay our performers. Like I said, right now we're not recording episodes, so I'm not paying performers, but I'm, I'm trying to like pull up our money so that eventually when we start recording Season 2 again, it will be a little while before we run out of money. But... I would love to sustainably pay our performers. I would love to sustainably pay our performers $15 an episode. That is a huge goal that I have. But right now, we just need to focus on the goal that's right in front of us. And that's $5 a month. Right now, we're around $250 a month. And so if you are someone who enjoys this show, if you would like to see us continue to put out good content, if you would like to see us continue to get paid for the good content that we create, please click the link below, go to our Patreon, and give any amount that you can to help support us. Now, what will you get? If you give the $5 amount, which I think the $5 amount is probably my favorite amount because you get just extra content, and it's cheap, and it's not a lot of money, but you get some extra content. Like you get episodes of Tales to Inspire early. Like you could be listening to episode 23 right now. Uh, and eventually 24 when I get it edited and released. Uh, but you get to listen to early episodes. You also get to listen to Phil and I uh, watch Justice League Unlimited episodes, the old DC Animated Universe cartoon, uh, and talk about them. And, and it's a fun time. We've recorded two episodes, uh, released them, and uh, it's fun. We, we have a lot of fun talking about Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and... Uh, you know, everybody's favorite, Captain Atom, just the nuclear-powered punching bag of the DC Animated Universe. Uh, but we have a lot of fun over there, and we would love it if you could join in on that fun. And at $5 a month, you would be able to join in on that fun. Uh, but please, any amount would greatly, greatly help us out. Uh, so if you have any extra cash lying around, if you can afford $5, $5 a month, please click our Patreon below and go give any amount. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back to this gut-punching episode. I think we're in the ring. Yep. You two are in your prospective corners. Uh, Tim has like rolled up his sleeves. And to describe Tim, the Tussler is this massive person. Tim has always been wiry. He's always been lanky. Uh, he's always been, you know, this, this slack-jawed, slouch-shoulders boy that was leeching off of his daddy's legacy. And not much has changed since you left and you haven't seen him. Uh, but he, he has rolled up his sleeves. Uh, he, uh, his friends like offer him a bottle through the chain link and he grabs it and takes a swig of it. Uh, and then we go over to Geiger Gwyn's corner. What do we see in Geiger Gwyn's corner? No, you just see her kind of nonchalantly leaning into the fence, hands across her chest, one foot propped up. Uh, she's watching him get ready and she's there's no smile on her face she's just staring at him and then you see just one random panel of one bead of sweat coming down her temple 
Um, mm. So you can tell that she's on the outside, she's ready. On the inside, she's sweating. She's a little bit terrified, but very much ready for this to happen. So uh, we see that sweat dripping down your forehead, and I think let's enter into a combat exchange. <laughs> so uh, I am going to choose what Timothy is going to do uh, in secret, and uh, I've chosen. Uh, Christy, what are you choosing? Hold on, I'm looking because I think you add you added super technique, right? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, and so it's underneath defend and maneuver. Yes, it okay. is linked to defend and maneuver. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then I'm gonna defend and maneuver. All right. Uh, Tiny Tim, big surprise, chose to advance and attack. So uh, defend and maneuver gets to go first. So uh, Christy, go ahead and roll two d six plus your protect. Oh, that's only five, but I'm going to burn a bond with Tim. And Perfect. jump that up to a seven to nine. Uh-huh. I want to humiliate him as much as possible. So okay. I'm going to do... Well, I'm hoping, because I guess it depends on how well he does. I'm hoping to do the super technique, and I want to phase out enough... So when he comes at me, he goes right through me. Okay. Okay, so uh, you will become intangible and untargetable for a short duration of time. Mark one stress to avoid all harm that would be inflicted on you this exchange. So go ahead, mark one stress. Okay. All right. And so Tim chose to advance an attack. So uh, he rushes forward. Uh, and he is going to strike a foe in reach, um, but you have phased out. So he like goes to punch you, and as his fist comes for you, it just goes through you, and the momentum of his swing carries him through your body, and he just like trips and stumbles and crashes into the chain link behind you. And you see Gwen just kind of slowly turn around. She's like, oh, did I say this fight was going to be fair? I don't think I said that. What, using powers, Gwen? You afraid to fight me like a man? I think you get to know what it feels like to be the lower one on the totem pole. Okay, so that combat exchange ends. Do we enter into a new combat exchange, or, or do you do anything? Um, I mean, like, I'm going to continue the combat, so... Okay, so going, going right back into it. Okay, so he's going to choose first. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he has chosen. Okay. Um, she's going to advance an attack. Okay. So, roll plus smash. Oh, yeah, he chose to evade and observe. So, he, he will go no. after you. So, uh, you're choosing advance and attack, so mm-hmm. roll 2d6 plus smash. Well, I rolled a 3, and my spa- smash is 0. Ooh. Are you going to burn another bond? Uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, screw it. Screw you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on a seven through nine, you get to choose strike, pressure, or smash. I want to pressure. 
I'm gonna try and intimidate him. Cause he's not okay. used to me like necessarily coming after him with no fear. So he's gonna see me kind of like you know, do that like juke move where she's like ha! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um I just wanna try and freak him out and see if I can get him to stumble back. Um okay. Yeah, so she doesn't necessarily go to hit him, but she just goes to freak him out and see if she can humiliate him again, see if he can stumble back from her. Okay, so uh, with pressure, you get to choose an approach, and uh, Tim cannot choose that next exchange. So do you want to block him off from defend and maneuver, advance and attack, or evade and observe? Uh, I want to block him from evade and observe. Okay. So next combat exchange, he will not be able to evade and observe. Got it. Uh, so you you juke him, uh, and he he like flinches a little bit, uh, and oh, he was like holding himself up on the chain link, mm-hmm. and you like juke him, and he like stumbles and lets go of the chain link and like falls completely on the ground. Um, and then he he rolls over, and his hand goes into his jacket pocket. Uh, and Gwyn and the audience does not know what he does. Okay. Do we go into a new combat exchange? Yeah. Um. And just okay. to add to that, so I don't necessarily see what he's doing. Gwen is bolstered by the fact that she's finally getting to, like, live out her dream of, like, dropping him down a peg so as soon as she freaks him out enough to where he like flinches back she just lifts her hands up and you see a panel of her like rallying the crowd up around and she's just spinning in a circle so she doesn't even notice what he's doing mm. in the background um okay so yeah then i'm i uh i've chosen okay uh and so has tiny tim so so uh, what did you choose advance and attack he also chose to advance an attack. So PCs go before NPCs. So, uh, Geiger Gwyn, go ahead and roll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so it's a five. But again, I'm going to burn a bond. Okay. Man, burning all the bonds this episode. So it is. Burn w- it's worth three, it. Three? Yeah. It's so worth it. I totally agree. Okay, so seven to nine. Choose one. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to strike. Okay, so uh, he either marks two stress or marks a condition, uh, and he will get to choose, or you can mark a stress to choose for him. Okay, so I'm going to mark a stress, and I'm going to choose that he has to mark the condition of angry. Okay. Um, because what I'm doing, what my smash is, is I'm going to spin back around really carefully and I'm just I'm, I'm backhanding him open oh. open hand backhand across the face but oh stings doesn't it yeah so he's he's standing up you swing back around from pumping up the crowd you slap him across the face uh, his face flushes red and he comes to punch you and as he comes to punch you we see on his hand uh, they're almost like brass knuckles but they're darker in color and not glittering. No! And his fist collides with you and you feel the familiar sting of lead against your cheek. 
and he is going to strike you. Uh, and he is going to choose... He's going to he's gonna inflict a stress to inflict a condition on you. Oh, man. And so as you reel away, and he is holding these lead knuckles, he says, Tell me, Gwen, you still can't phase through lead, huh, sweetheart? Uh, and where'd he... Did he hit her in the face? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then there's definitely a panel of her spitting out a little bit of blood. And she is not happy. So what condition she taken? Uh, you, I'll let you choose. I'm gonna pick angry for her as well. <laughs> She's just so pissed off. Yeah, there, there's just an angry couple of people going at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a panel of her spitting out blood, and she's like, hmm. Well, you might have gotten a little smarter over the time. Definitely not prettier. <laughs> Another combat exchange? Combat. Combat. I'm in this now. <laughs> yeah, in it. Uh, all right, Tiny Tim has chosen. What are you choosing? Advance and attack. But of course, he has also chosen to advance and attack. No. Uh, go ahead and roll it. Oh my god, these rolls are awful. <laughs> Five. Burning the bond. Burn it. I don't want to know what happens when it's all gone, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, so then I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna strike at him again. Um, so after he hit me, she, you see her kind of just like holding her cheek, and I'm gonna spin around and do a roundhouse kick uh, straight to his gut, and um, and I'll let him choose if he's taking two stress or a condition. He will take uh, two stress, putting him at three. Yeah, I've got a couple there, too. Yes! <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah, so you wheel around, kick him in the gut. Ooh, he stumbles backwards. And then he grabs your ooh, he grabs your leg, and he, like, comes down on your knee with uh, his lead knuckles. Uh, and since he has a condition inflicted on him, he gets to choose an extra uh, technique every combat exchange. Uh, so he is going to choose to strike you and pressure you. To not attack. So so you're not going to be able to choose the advance and attack option next turn. Okay, and I, I choose either... Are you letting me choose the stress or the condition? Yes, yeah, so either two stress or a condition. Okay, I'm going to mark two stress. Oh, no. All right, so he, he comes down your knee, punches you, uh, and sends you reeling away... Um, and I think, like, the, the pressure of it is, like, you're going to need a, a chance to, like, resituate your footing before you can throw another punch or uh, swing out another kick. Yeah, you, there's definitely um, an involuntary yell, like a scream almost, um, that comes out of her mouth because that hurt. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of limps away a little bit just to, like, reposition herself. And she's breathing really hard, still dribbling br- blood down her chin and holding on to her knee, just kind of circling him. Mm-hmm. And I can't attack. So. Yeah. So do we enter into another combat exchange? Yeah, this is go- this is happening. Yeah. All right. Uh, he uh, he has chosen. Uh, defend and maneuver. Okay. Uh, he chose to advance and attack, so 
Uh, go ahead and roll plus protect. Oh my gosh. Okay, I rolled a seven this time. Nice. So, um, I'm not going to burn a bond right now. I'm going to keep that roll of seven and I'm going to use retaliate. Mm-hmm. So, basically, you see her just kind of getting ready for whatever happens next. Yeah. And you see her wipe the blood off her chin, and she's like, I took it once, Tiny, I can always take it again. Alright, so you steal yourself for his blows, Mm -hmm. and he comes at you with that advance and attack, so he is going to strike you and smash. Uh, So he's going to... uh, So you take... Uh, stress then, or tiny takes yeah, stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he is automatically going to take stress from your retaliate, uh, but he is also going to mark one stress to force you to mark a condition. Okay, I'm marking afraid. She's getting she's getting a little scared now because this feels like a big big moment for her. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he he rushes at you. Uh, he kind of catches you around the waist and keeps like driving his lead knuckles into your side um, while pushing you backwards. Um, but how do how do you also inflict stress on him? So he he's like shoving me back as he's like kind of punching me in the ribs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, as he's pushing me back, I um I picture it as he kind of like shoves me into the fence, and mm-hmm. she's just gonna kind of like bear hug around him, so he can't go anywhere other than like right where he's at. He's just kind of stuck in that position. Uh, he and he also chose to smash. Uh, so that is he's going to mark one stress to destroy or destabilize something in the environment. Um, and he doesn't have any more stress to mark, so he is going to mark the foolish condition uh, to make this happen. So, like, he drives into you, he's punching you, you're grabbing him, wrapping him up, and I think, like, as you two are struggling, like, against this chain-link fence, we see, like, the pylon that has been holding this part of the fence in is, like, rusted out over the years. And just as you're fighting, it and then it just comes loose, and the both of you tumble through the chain-link fence and onto one of the tables, and, like, it will just roll across, knocking drinks off, and just into the crowd. Yes. (laughs) What's next? (laughs) Combat! (laughs) (laughs) All right. All I can um, all I can picture are panels of them just they are feral right now yes, with each other. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um and can she still not advance an attack or was it for, just for that one round? That was just for that round. Okay. Uh and Tim has chosen what he's doing, so what are you doing? She's going to advance an attack. All right. He defend and maneuvers. Uh and he gets to choose two. So, he's definitely going to retaliate. So, he's going to... Oh, wait. He has a special technique that we haven't used. Oh, no! (laughs) No! Ooh, I like it. Um, Okay, so he is going to retaliate, but he's also going to choose his super technique, super is in quotes, uh, called Take Cover. 
Swerve and maneuver into cover. In this exchange, the first attack on you strikes your cover, damaging it, but leaving you unharmed. So I think uh, as you tumble over this table, he like grabs it and like flips it up onto its side and like takes cover behind it. Uh, and he also like grabs uh, a glass stein off the ground. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he he takes cover, so he is not gonna take uh, damage from your first like attempt to hurt him. Okay. Um, but yeah, now it's your turn. Oh my gosh, five! Can I <laughs> can I burn two bonds to jump it up to like a full like ten? I don't know if you can do that at I, once, right? You can't. I I see no reason why you couldn't. So go ahead and burn two more bonds. Okay, yeah. Step it up to a 10. I'm going to smash because you're going to see her kind of kick out and like split the table in half. Because he's holding it, splits Excellent. it. He doesn't take any damage from that. Yeah. But do I, uh, I still have to mark a stress from that though? Yeah, you still mark a stress. And then I'm going to strike at him. Um, I'm going to like grab his collar and you just see her kind of drag him closer to her as she goes to punch him right in the face. Okay. Okay, so you, you kick it, you splinter it, you grab him, you go to clobber him, but before your attack can hit him, he takes that glass stein and he just shatters it across the side of your skull. Um... And that was his retaliate. So you uh, you take one stress from that. Okay, so I'm full of stress. So what does that mean? Really? I'm full. Okay, so now that you're full of stress, anytime a move says that you have to mark stress, you have to mark a condition. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so, so he just shatters this over your head. People are, like, clearing away from you. You have, like, the the telltale like ring of people around you too as you're just standing in the the rubble of this table just both of you just ragged breaths worn out bloody and bruised um and you just see Gwen kind of staggers up like it takes her a second to stand straight up and she's bleeding from the hit to the head from the mouth mm-hmm. and she's laughing to herself but like breathing really hard through it and she's like I don't think you get it Tiny I don't even have to win look around everyone's seen you get beat by your woman remember that your woman is beating you right now okay so Okay, so you you say this, and we see, like, little word bubbles that aren't attached to anybody just popping up, saying, Look at this weakling. He's a son of the Tussler? Hey, maybe your daddy should give you boxing lessons. What kind of a man is this? And all these word bubbles popping up, and Tiny Tim is just looking back and forth, just getting redder and redder in his face. And he reaches into his belt... Or back behind his back into small his back and he pulls out a gun and he raises it towards you and I think like all these people like throw up their hands and start to back away and he's just white knuckled red face staring at you 
said, No one is going to talk to me like... And then a shout rings out across a crowd. Enough! And I think in the next panel, standing head and shoulders above everybody, is Theodore the Tussler Tuskland. Ooh, oh no. <laughs> and like the sea parting before Moses, this crowd of people gets out of his way as he walks towards his son. He comes over and he's just this looming figure over the spindly wisp of Tim. And he looks down his nose at him. Put that away, boy. Tiny Tim, like, looks at his dad and looks at you. And I think we see from his perspective, we see, like, the gun, his finger, and we see Geiger Gwyn in the background. And then slowly he puts the gun down. And the Tussler says, Get back in the car. Tiny, like, slinks away. And uh, he... I think he walks by and he sees the woman he walked in with at the bar. He says, what are you doing? Come on, let's go. And she says, Oh, honey, I'm sorry, but these men are buying me a drink and I'm afraid I'd rather be with them than with you tonight. And again, his face flushes even further red and he just storms out. And then the tussler looks down at you. It's been a while, Gwen. Nice to see you. Can't say the same, boss. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing back stateside. And he, like, steps forward and looms over you. But make sure you keep your nose out of my business. She doesn't say anything. She just stares him down. And then you see a panel of her turning her back on him and walking straight to the door, grabbing her jacket and walking out. Okay. And uh, I think we turn the page from that very intense scene. <laughs> um, where, uh, where do we find Geiger Gwyn at the end of this issue? Yeah, so I so Gwen heads heads back to her office and she just starts researching like crazy to see what they've been up to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we we have this scene of a Geiger Gwen back in her office. We see like the very noir office and like a light, uh, a lamplight like shining down on your desk, and we see all these papers lined out, all these newspaper clippings. Um, photographs of the Tusksmans and uh, do you do we have a little word bubble from Gwen to end this episode I I do want it I want it to be um, the pictures I want her to still be sporting some bruises even if time has passed Um, mostly because in my mind those lead knuckles did more damage than she's had since she's had these powers because Her molecular energy is so off the map that things just kind of regenerate, you know, Um, but lead for whatever reason, you know, is her kryptonite. Um, So there's definitely a panel of her just still looking a little rough Mm -hmm. and 
the word bubble that you see well it's always been a family business and you told me I was part of the family (laughs) and then down in the bottom corner we see the text to be continued end of episode oh my gosh (laughs) I was sweating so much because my roles were awful and that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. We'll be back with our next episode on May the 1st. If you have social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Like and follow us at Misconceptions Pod for up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just to show us your general positive feelings about the show. We also have a Discord. You can click the link below to join our Discord so that you can chat with other friends of the show and chat with other cast members directly. We also have an email. If you'd like to contact us that way, you can email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to join that elite group of supporters and gain access to exclusive content, please consider joining our Patreon. The Tells to Inspire theme song was composed by Esteban Del Pino. You can find out more about his music on fiverr.com slash I-A-M underscore W-A-K-E. Geiger Gwyn was played by Christy Scheidemantel, who can be found at Polish Christy on Twitter. And I'm David White, your editor-in-chief. You can find me at Mr. Banana Socks on Twitter. The role-playing game system used in this production was a modified version of the Worlds in Peril role-playing game by Sam Joko Publishing, featuring elements from the Avatar Legends role-playing game and Masks A New Generation role-playing game, both by Magpie Games. Tales to Inspire is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and buy cool merch at misconceptionspod.com. And that's it for this week's episode of Tales to Inspire. Thank you so much for listening, and keep it nerdy, y'all. doing after that episode i am so elated for gwen (laughs) that was absolutely necessary tiny need to be put in his place absolutely um oh my gosh i i i i 
I didn't know how it was going to happen. I knew you and Tiny were going to get into it. But when you told him to get into the ring with you, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was. That was definitely spur of the moment. I was like, you know what? Sounds like a great idea. Let's do this. That was perfect because it it like followed the arc of the episode. Because, like, you you had gone to the ring. We saw, like, how the ring worked. We saw how good you were in the ring. And then, like, we come back to the ring. And it's, like, it's amped up. The stakes are higher. Uh, so it was this nice little, this little arc uh, that, that you did. That was you. You did that. I did that. <laughs> um, so I think, I think that kind of answers the what dangerous threat or complicated problem did I overcome. And so yeah, I definitely. think she can definitely mark an achievement. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know, did I, I don't think I unlocked any of my drive book goals. I'll let you make that ultimate yeah. decision. Cause mine are a little bit, a little bit difficult. I think to think about narratively in the time. So I need the EIC's professional opinion. Yeah, so for your drive moves, uh, your first one says, uh, where'd it go? Uh, There it is. Move available to open when your love of violence and drive to fight makes an enemy of a friend. I don't don't think you unlocked that one. No, I can't Uh, see that one. Because Tiny Tim was definitely already an enemy yeah i was like i was trying to think about it i was like well technically he's not my friend but (laughs) (laughs) nope uh and then your other one says move available to open when part of your everyday routine changes to looking for trouble picking or fishing for fights it was that and that one i don't think the only reason i would say no to that is because it wasn't necessarily an everyday routine it was like part of my job i went and found this place yeah, but then at the end, you're changing from your everyday routine of being this private eye to now, like, taking on the criminal empire. Ooh, yeah. So, mm, I, I think you unlocked that one. I, if, I mean, if you say so, you the boss. I think so. So, uh, go ahead and unlock that. And Christy, could you read for us what uh, what move did you just unlock? All right, I just unlocked a move called Checkered Past. So, when you encounter an enemy for the first time, you may detail the last time you saw them, and the grudge between you. If you do, roll plus influence on a ten plus. Choose one and say how you know what you know. Um, on a 7 to 9, choose one and the EIC chooses one for them as well. The EIC will ask you how they know what they know. Uh, you remember a weakness or advantage they have, or you remember the way or method they usually fight, or you remember what they care about or their motivation. So basically, it's like I have some predetermined information from for a villain that we might come into contact with. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like that. And as you're like, as you're going in on the Tuskman operation, there's a lot of opportunity for that to pop up. Oh man, I'm so excited. But now I'm angry and afraid and full of stress, but the stress goes away. (laughs) Yes, yes. So by, uh, I forget exactly what like the stress uh, recovery is, but it's like, Basically, after a week of rest, okay. you have recovered all your stress. 
So definitely by the next time we play, or not the next time we play, the next time we record, like the next episode happens, it will definitely have been more than a week. Okay. Um, but those conditions will stick around until you take narrative steps to get rid of them. That makes sense. Yeah. By comforting or supporting, or during the end of session move. We'll, we'll see which one does that. Um, yeah, so Christy, this was kind of a, a heavy yet exciting episode. Um, and it, it dealt with some, some pretty heavy themes of, you know, and a person that has been abused confronting their abuser mm-hmm. physically. Um, so, uh, and before before we start recording, uh, Chrissy and I talked about like what do we want to happen in this episode. So we talked about you know she wanted to take down Tim uh, and defeat him, demoralize him, or you know throw him in jail or something. Um, so so Chrissy, how how do you feel? What what is your uh, let's do a safety check in real quick. How are you feeling after that episode? Um, I think it happened exactly the way it needed to happen. Um, obviously I would never advocate for someone to physically go after someone who treated them that way because that is not safe for anyone. No, no, no. But in terms of Gwen and in this narrative space, she's a, she's a tough bee, you know, she knows what she can handle now. She went through hell with him before and it wasn't a about the physical violence for her it was about bringing him down emotionally to the level that he had her at when they were together because he did a whole lot of psychological and emotional damage to her at that time and she knew the only way to do that to him was to attack physically his manliness his manhood masculinity what the thing he yeah coveted above all else exactly yes and so i think um i mean the whole time i just you know me personally i was just like beat his ass but it wasn't (laughs) she was trying to play it in a way where like it wasn't about just inflicting pain on him it was making it known that he's not as tough as he acts and no one should be afraid of this person yeah so I I was really I was really proud of that and uh, yeah I really appreciate how this went actually. Well, good, good. Um, yeah, that was that was great. That was a tense episode. Um, because I was like she she'll probably be able to defeat him pretty easily. Um, but then I had the like the brain blast. I was like, oh. He would know her weakness. Yeah. And he knows that she can't face through lead. And, like, the Tussmans are, like, uh, uh, super, like, not superstitious, um, a little stitious. That's the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Paranoid. Yeah. They're paranoid of Gwyn returning because uh, they know with her powers and her knowledge that she could deal irreparable damage to the, the family. And so, like, of course, Tiny Tim would carry around lead knuckles with him just in case Geiger Gwen showed up. Yeah, and it, that didn't even cross her mind because in her mind, they didn't think very highly of her. Mm-hmm. And um, when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> um, then Chrissy, me, was like, oh my gosh, she might not win. And then I had to yeah. remind myself, like, it's, it's okay. She's not trying to physically win, necessarily. Like, sure, she could sure. still get out of this alive and accomplish what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. So I was terrified the entire time, but I reminded myself, I was like, it's okay. She can, she can get beat up. She's superhero. She knows how to, you know, take a punch and keep going. She, she's fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll let you know, uh, Tim had only one condition left. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on the verge oh, that's of collapse. Oh, so exciting. I, I won't lie, that entire thing made me so happy. It, awesome. it, it happened exactly like I couldn't have scripted that. Like, I think it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy with it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think just before we started recording, we were just talking about, like, how like TTRPGs are like I don't know the the stories they bring out and like the the pieces of ourselves that they bring out but uh yeah just like all the story beats of this episode like you going into the ring and us learning about it you finding Tim in the ring and beating him up but then also like falling out into the crowd and then after you fall into the crowd then using the crowd as your battle arena <sighs> and yeah. like you turning them against him like i i don't know it everything just worked out just like chef's kiss well couldn't do it without you david (laughs) well thank you i'm here to tell good stories and uh, christy uh you and geiger gwen are great thanks this is a great episode i i Um, i love gagger gwen i want i she needs to stick around so definitely i uh misconceptions fans uh i would really like gagger gwen to meet esther black so if there's any way we can make that happen some sort of multiverse issue that happen yeah multiverse (laughs) issue Esther Black falls into the 1940s. Um, they become best friends. I mean, <laughs> I truly think they would be best friends or worst enemies. It, it, but there would be no in between. <laughs> right. It'd be both at all times. They'd be like, oh my gosh, exactly. I really appreciate how you took that person out. Wait, that was mine. Why didn't I do it? <laughs> yeah. That was my takedown. How dare you? Um, no, that would be lots of fun. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, Chrissy, do you have anything you want to say before we wrap up this post-game discussion? Um, no, I, I appreciate everyone who's listening. I will take a second to uh, remind everyone that, you know, we go over some really harsh and hard things mm-hmm. sometimes in these. So if there is something you're struggling with and need help, don't, I mean, reach out. Find, someone's always there for you. And, absolutely, you know, take care of yourselves. Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, Christy, thank you so much for recording. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will catch you on the flippy dip. (laughs) Keep it nerdy, y'all.